Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 83. Today we are breaking down the Patina Habano by my man, Mo Money. So everybody, sit back, listen, and enjoy. Yeah. Not like older teens because it's not that big of a hill to really... Right. I feel you. I feel you, Ophelia. <coughs> oh, so I had to tell you this hilarious story real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yesterday I was coming back, obviously, from Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And on my flight from Charlotte... Or no, sorry. Yeah, it was on my flight from Fort Lauderdale to Charlotte. Yeah. There was a guy on the plate. There was a guy and his wife. The wife had was holding a young daughter who was five years old, roughly, probably. Yeah. And he was holding his young son who was probably three. When we started boarding the plane, the daughter was throwing a huge fit and just like crying, not crying like I'm hurt, not crying. Like it just an obnoxious, like I want attention, whining, whimpering, the worst kind of cry, right? When a kid gets hurt, it's an acceptable cry. Was it like a kid crier or is it like an adult cry coming out of a kid? Like, uh, uh, uh. It was like one of the, she she was, it was more like pouting. Like she was like, she was just like, <laughs> like one of those, like really just pathetic fucking stupid cries. Right. Just like, like a porn star being, cry. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, like the oh, first time oh, on it. Yeah. Oh, oh. First time anal induction. Um, so <laughs> this is what's awesome about it. So they had the the mom and the daughter had the end seats to the left. The father and the son had the end seats to the right on the right side. Yeah. Since there was four of them. The, the father, husband, was on the first seat in towards the aisle in the row above me. Like the row directly in front of me. There was a guy to my left, and there was a younger gentleman, who's probably in his mid-20s, to the left of him. Coolest shit always happens to me in the airport on the flights. I get to witness the funniest shit in the world. Literally, if you want the most diversity you'll ever see in one place at one time, you either go to Walmart or you go to the airport. <laughs> Those are the two places you go. So, to make a long story short, <clears throat> we are already landed, so we're in Charlotte. And the plane is just sitting on the runway because there's traffic coming through. There was flights that were just like a few minutes delayed getting out. So all the planes coming in are all sitting next to each other waiting for these planes to take off so then we can get to our gate. So everyone's just sitting there. There's nothing you can do. You're just, we, we were already early. We were 20 minutes early getting in. So it was like to wait 10 minutes on the runway, no big deal. And... The guy's son, remember the daughter in yeah. the first part of the story was the one throwing a fucking hissy fit. Mm-hmm. The son starts crying and he does the same thing. He's like three years old. He starts like whining and whimpering and he's literally crying daddy and his dad is holding him. And I was like, maybe that's not his dad. Oh, daddy. Oh, he was, he kept just going, daddy. Oh. The hiccup, the hiccup doing cries. like the whole like he's choking himself one of those real deep cries right well what was obnoxious about it and i even noticed but my headphones were in like i had my head like yeah it's like it's like i could hear him but i was listening to a podcast i was like i don't give a fuck the kid was standing on his dad's legs looking back towards us 
So he's directly in front of this 25-year-old kid who's in front of me who I can tell is getting so fucking pissed. I can see the fire in his eyes. And I'm like, uh-oh, he's going to fucking say something. I can see I'm watching this all happen. And I'm just like, ugh. And the kid is literally staring at this 25-year-old <laughs> on his dad's legs. Dad isn't doing anything to discipline this kid at all. Isn't asking him to be quiet. Nothing. And everybody's taking notice around us on the plane, right? Because we're already landed. There's no noise. We're just on the runway. And everyone's kind of looking around. And they're all like, is anyone else <laughs> seeing this shit? Yeah. The fucking kid that's directly behind him. So two seats over from him. Literally taps the guy on the shoulder. I cannot make this up. I told I called her as soon as I fucking got off the flight and goes, uh, sir, excuse me, could you politely tell your fucking kid to shut the fuck up? And we were all like, <gasps> the guy next to me literally gasped. He was like, <gasps> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I literally thought the dad, who was a bigger gentleman to, than the person who said that, yeah. was going to get out of his seat and there was going to be a fight that went down. The dad literally didn't say anything, just sat there and turned his kid around and like sat him in his lap. And that was it. It'd he goes, funnier. will you politely tell your kid to shut the fuck up? And I was like, oh. It'd be hilarious if the dad doesn't even turn around. He just immediately puts his, his hand over his <laughs> kid's mouth. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, dude. It was incredible. Like the weirdest shit happens to me on a flight. I had, when I was going out to Florida, I had a lady. So our, the flight going from my first flight going to Charlotte to Fort Lauderdale, it's never a packed flight. It's a big plane, but they never fill them up. Right. So there's like open seats almost everywhere. Tell me if this makes sense to you or not. And it didn't, it wasn't a really big deal. I didn't like complain or anything. Like it didn't make a difference to me. But I noticed when I picked my seat for the flight that I got, I always get the window seat if I can, and someone had already picked the aisle seat. The middle seat was open. Yeah. Right? And we're all boarding the plane, and I noticed the late, there's a lady who sat right next to me in the middle seat. I was like, oh, someone purchased the middle seat. No fucking big deal. Right? Yeah. She's a tiny old lady. She's probably 70 years old. No big deal. Put my headphones on, mind my own business. She said hi politely, and then done. Right? Well, it's like, we're getting ready to take off and there's no one next to her. Like there's no one in the, she doesn't slide over. And I was like, well, I know someone purchased that seat because I remember seeing it on my seat assignment. No one was in the middle seat. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So <laughs> we go to, to, we're literally in the air. We take off. I'm still not even thinking about it. Cause it's whatever. She taps me on the shoulder and she goes, maybe I should have slid over into to the aisle seat she goes i give you a little bit of room and i was like i'm actually fine i was like if, if you want to sit here it's no big deal so that's not like that part i don't give a shit about what i found hilarious was that aisle seat was her seat she admitted <laughs> that it was her seat that that's the one she purchased and decided to sit in the middle and her whole logic was well i was just waiting for someone else to come like to actually like so come, come back here and then i was whatever. just gonna like move out and but, well, i was like but we've already taken off we're 20 minutes into the air that makes no sense to me just like this weird fucking logic people have it just didn't make any sense like you purchased that aisle seat if that other person were to come you would be in their seat and then they would be like hey you're in my seat <laughs> get back to your seat i would have liked to see you play it out a little differently she goes <laughs> you know that seat, I, I don't should, know what maybe I should have slid over 
And you should have grabbed her leg. You should have very slowly, ma'am, grabbed her hand. It's like, no, I like you sitting next to me. <laughs> Dude, she would probably fucking creamed herself. Yeah. Or she would have big puffed po- a big dust ball. powder. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so so many weird things that I have witnessed on flights before. I, I don't know if I ever told you a story where I almost fought the guy on a flight years ago. Actually, I, I think I was working with Almo at the time. We were on a small, like, United flight coming back, and this guy was, he put his bag up into overhead, and there was an older gentleman who was definitely a grandpa or a great-grandpa, like, very nicely, like, folded his suit over. He had, a, like, a suit bag yeah. and folded it over into the compartment. And you could tell it was, like, a pretty nice suit. The suit he had was for, like, his grandson's wedding, and this guy comes over and, like, shoves the guy's suit, like, literally crinkles it, pushes it to the side, gets all angry, and then, like, throws his bag up. And I could tell this old man was, like, what the fuck? Like, oh, my God, but I'm so old, I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't fighting back, and I was, like, you got to be kidding me. So, at, like, literally, as we, we were getting off the flight, the guy came, and then, by the way, this guy was sitting way up, and so he had to come back to come get his bag. Like, he was, like, five or six seats in front of us. And he came back, and he started fussing with the old guy, because the old guy was like, he's like, oh, you wrinkled up my suit. And, and the guy's like, you shouldn't have had your fucking suit there. And started, like, getting belligerent. By the way, he was wearing, like, a really douchey, like, mesh hat, too. And was wearing, like, a fucking Hawaii, a Hawaiian shirt, like, the Hawaiian-style bowling shirt. I lost my shit. I fucking, I literally, I got up and I was like, you need to fucking grab your bag and go to the fucking front of the plane right now. Like I went, I got so fucking like, like the red in my eyes. I was so fucking angry. And the guy's like, what are you going to do about it? And then the stewardess had to come over and intervene. And I literally told this guy, I was like, dude, get the fuck off the plane, go forward right now, fucking grab your bag and leave. And this guy wanted to like literally was confronting me as I'm talking to him. And I'm like, I'm going to have to beat this old man's ass, which by the way, this guy was probably mid fifties had like little beady glasses on like little circle glasses. And like the whole time I'm like, I'm going to punch that eye and make glass go into that one. And I'm going to punch that eye and I'm going to make glass go into that one. This guy's going to have fucking cut up corneas. (laughs) Literally. It's like flashing through my head. As he, he grabs a shit and the stewardess makes him get off the plane. I'm like, well, fuck now I'm going to get in trouble. The old man actually said, he's like, oh, thank you so much. And by the way, he was with his like little ass old wife too. And they were like fucking 90. They were damn near dead. And uh, he's like, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm here. That's when I found out it was his grandson's wedding. He's like, we're just trying to get to our grandson's wedding. We're really excited and stuff like this and blah, blah, blah. I say, like, don't worry about it. It's all, it's all good. I was like, he's out of the plane now. I thought the guy was going to wait for me. Literally, I thought he was going to wait for me to confront me. Dude, he was gone. He like ghosted. And then the stewardess walked back and she's like, I really appreciate you doing that. Because she was having troubles with him when he was getting on the flight because he didn't have overhead storage above him and he was freaking out about it. And she's like, well, just move your bag to the back. It's not a, there's open space in the bag. Yeah. Like not a big deal. And he was like literally losing his shit on her to the, like in the very beginning of this whole thing. I'm like, how do I find myself in these situations? I don't know. I wish you'd be like 3.30 in the lobby. Yeah. I'll see you there. Terminal B, baby. Gate 12 is going down. He's like, well, I'll be there. Dude, it's so ridiculous. The problem is, I was like, I could tell that that guy was so beta that I could have said anything to him and he was going to disappear. Like, he tried to act tough. I mean, even when he walked on the plane and he was 
having confrontation with the stewardess. It was the same way. I was like, dude, you're such a fucking beta. You're just a little bitch. And you're just an angry fucking piece of shit for no reason. And that's why I was like, you know, part of me is like, well, he'll wait for me when I get out and he'll want to come. I was like, but no, dudes like that don't do that. Guys who are outwardly they're, fucking they're pieces of shit, talk. they're all talk. They're betas, and they're gonna the ones, he was gonna walk away as fast the as the ones he fucking that are scarier are the ones that don't talk and they just the stare silent. at you, and you're like, oh fuck, I don't fuck with those guys. That's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck around with those guys. <laughs> Hell no. I know my place. I size people up just like everyone does. Yeah. I literally like I'm I'm a, it, so in like the movie Terminator. Right. So where it's like the red screen and it's starting to evaluate who someone is and it's calculating all this shit. That's what I do when I when I confront someone and it's all risk assessment. It's like, what are my chances here? If my chances aren't at least 50 percent of being able to confront this person and come out on top, I'm not going in. I am not stupid. I'm not going to look at like a guy who's like six, five. 250 pounds and go yep let's do this no i'm gonna get the fuck out of there but this old man i'm like this old man he played trick that's funny that we can only beat up old people yeah i I have a threshold of (laughs) i i definitely have a cutoff of of who i'm going to confront it was more just that dude i felt bad for that old man and his wife like oh totally i would have defended dude they were like like legit I would say like mid eighties, early nineties. They were very old, and this guy was being the biggest fucking dick. To Sometimes him. that social justice is well deserved. Oh, in that case, it was. I, I'll I will definitely. You gotta check people, people who are assholes. Oh yeah, I don't care if he's got shit going on in his life, but you don't take it out on other Hell people. No. Nope, definitely not. Um, I had another thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm about to sneeze. Did you see uh anything on the new R. Kelly docu series? I heard that there's an issue. <laughs> I heard that there's an what, issue. Uh, what did you hear the issue was? That he's likely to go to jail at this point. There, I think it is so accusatory at this point. It's literally he's a younger version of Bill Cosby. Yes. But even more perverted. So like now this docuseries. By the way, every single person who's on the docuseries who's coming out against R. Kelly has openly and publicly accused him. So it's not one of those... We're coming in last minute. Every single one of these people have made public accusations against him, filed restraining orders, filed police reports for abuse, the whole thing. And then it's coming out about, of course, the young kid thing again and the rape allegations and the PP. And he married some 15-year-old, which is true. He also married Aaliyah when she was 19, which is weird. She's dead now. Rest in peace. Dude, she was so gorgeous. Do you she remember her? Very God pretty. damn, she is probably one of the prettiest black ladies I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely breathtaking. And just like, you're with R. Kelly, PPR Kelly? Come on. I kind of like the idea of him being in pre- prison, though. And he just like changes up his lyrics. He's just like, I believe I will die. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> he may. He's, he's definitely going to be writing new material when he's in oh, prison. Oh, yeah, totally. How many big guys do you think are going to try to pee on him? Because he's going to go to prison eventually. You, like, you can't make this so public as to not go back and reinvestigate all these different claims. I don't know. You don't think it, do you think he'll run a prison or do you think he'll be run? And, well, here's the thing. He's accused of child pornography, child abuse, child uh, rape. If he, if he gets accused of any one of those, he's fucked in prison, literally. I bet yeah. he gets peed inside of his bum bum every day of the week. Ooh, prison enema. Yeah. Yeah. It's like straight iodine. 
And every one of those guys would be eating asparagus and onions. So it just smells rancid. I wonder if he just goes, R. Kelly, R. <laughs> Kelly. And this big fucking dude's like, ah, Tyrone, bitch. <laughs> fucks him up. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird. Like that whole thing. Like everybody's known that for a long time. But it's not like it's weird, been like yeah. a hidden thing. I mean, there's nothing about it that Peeing has. On right. It's, it's all been out in the open. But he wasn't. Ac- he was accused of a bunch of stuff. But he was never like he was acquitted of everything. Literally everything. And there's so much stuff brought forward on him. The fact that fucking. Jared Fogel goes to, subway guy goes to fucking prison, but R. Kelly doesn't. How is that possible? By the yeah. way, I heard he's fat now. I heard, yeah. Yeah, I heard he's gained a ton of weight in prison. I Dude, can't it. get those six inches, man. That turkey club's off. That's off. Dude, you think he probably went in there and he's like, just for the love of God, please give me some subway. <laughs> he's probably like, every day he gets like one slice of white bread or two slices of white bread. He's like, oh, I need whole grain. <laughs> yeah. Where's my nine? My I nine out, I need wheat. <laughs> yeah, probably for sure like that. Dude, that guy's pretty fucked up too. Do you think they'd be I think they'd be friends in prison. He's like, "Hey, Jared, let's come up with a marble rye." Like the way he looked before he lost weight is the way people look uh that are uh like They look kind of drippy. Weird like AOL chat room talk to 15-year-old girls type person. That's all Jared was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. You know, when your self-esteem is so low, when you're so heavy, and you're like, I'm just a big, fat piece of shit. But, you know, there's some 15-year-old girls or 14-year-old oh, course, girls that don't know better that well, that's, give you the attention. That's that whole predatory, that right. whole predatory thing. So then you get on Dare AOL I say we rooms. know someone who's done that before. We do know someone who's done that and before. And it's the same instance, really. I played softball with them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's just say Andy had two children. Jared Fogle or this person? The person I'm talking about that played softball with. He has two kids? He had two kids. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know. Anile? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who? Anile. Anile. Okay, I'm thinking of someone completely different, but I know who you're talking about now. Oh, you're talking about... Other softball uh, Emmy Tay. Emmy Tay. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, Holy shit. So we know two. We know two people. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anile, I knew about. Or didn't. I, I remember that, but that's not who I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. He definitely had two kids. Emmy Tay. Emmy Tay. I was like, there's no way Emmy Tay has kids. And did you know he got arrested? I was like, he, dude, no one is ever going to touch s- him. Since he was listed and he was on probation. He didn't tell his probation officer. He went to Indianapolis to go to a, w- As a WWE match. Yeah. match. And they, when he got home, they fucking arrested him because <laughs> he posted it on social media that Dude. he was in Indiana. He's got problems, though, he's, right? He's not all like there. He's, not, he's, he's got some social... He's not all there, for he's sure. Mental and social disorder, he for could, sure. He couldn't play... Because he was uh, actually our, our general manager, so to speak, for our softball team. Right. Because he's like, I always want to start a softball team. We're like, well... You suck, but the rest of us. Yeah, are good. you you sure for, you for sure can't play. But if you want to manage the money, and a lot of us just never paid him. But uh, <laughs> uh, but it's like could have used that for his court fees. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to general manage us, we'll play. But yeah, he when he yeah when, I remember when he that. was caught yeah talking to someone underage, 
it was that was computer sending, it was all computer yeah, right yeah sending yeah. some inappropriate you things. know what it was it, it was, was a, a cop it was around the time of the whole chris hansen shit it was. like to catch a predator was a big thing and then everybody yeah. wanted to catch a predator was, everybody he, people are on their laptops and they're like i'm gonna catch a predator he was talking today. to a cop clearly yeah um and uh unknowingly he, but because our <laughs> softball fields were not that far away from a kid's playground he couldn't be he couldn't the be there fields. yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> He couldn't it's be there so at all. So messed up. So messed up. He just, I mean, hopefully, you know what troubles me about some of these people is like, I was listening to Chris Hansen on the Theo, Von, Theo Vaughn podcast yeah. a few weeks ago. Really amazing podcast, by the way. Chris Hansen, I mean, he still does that stuff, but he does it through his own like network. He's got his own team that does it. Still par- apparently like incredibly popular. But what Chris Hansen was saying at the time, he was like, he was like, you could really make a separation between the guys who just made an error and the guys who it was deeply ingrained in their soul that this is who they were as a person yeah. and that they were never going to be rehabilitated. That there was a distinct difference between somebody who just fucked up and somebody who is never, ever going to be right. And he was like, the, you know, he said one of the things that was challenging with his show is that there was, there was one time they did follow up with people. He's like, but we don't get to say anything to him afterwards. It's yeah. only, we don't get to hear their side of the right. story other than in it's the just, moment. You're, you're caught and you're going. And that's it. You're, you're, getting you're pulled going, in by the police. You're going bye-bye. I think the best part is how overly aggressive they were when someone left a house. Like, the, because hey. none, of, none of the guys ever really left the house, like, they, full sprint. They all kind of, like, quickly... Qu- but every single time they're just like tackled by three people. Yeah. They <laughs> quickly just... try to leave the room after like, wait, who are you? He's like, hey, I'm Chris Hansen. I love how he just goes, you can leave at any time. And they're like, okay. Uh, okay. You want a cookie before you go? Your fake girlfriend actually baked them. What if, what if one of them just like, I just don't really feel like leaving right now. I'm just going to chill in here for a little bit. I wish someone walked in and was like, oh, this is better than I imagined. Like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, we got Chris Hansen here. <laughs> Let's play a game. I was one to fuck a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> he said there's a lot of precarious positions that he's been put in. I imagine. There was one where I think the surveillance team noticed that the guy had a gun with him. Oh, so like shit. actually brought it into the house. So And he's listening to things like through an earpiece. So he knows what's coming. Yeah. But they couldn't until he was able to get the person to admit what was going on inside the house that they couldn't really do much. Uh, like they, they weren't, they I weren't have, ready to proceed forward. I would have set up a keyword like, oh, look, Jawa. And then he like, what? And he just gets tackled. And he, and he just bows down below a fucking tabletop. Yeah, Chris Hansen said that his cameramen were like freaking out too. I imagine. Because like they, they all have to sit there and like. Speaking of Jawa, back to uh, Emmy Tay. He, oh yeah, he yeah. got married. Yeah, I know. To that, like, equally as well. Let's just say dysfunctional. She looks like a hairless Jawa. Yeah, I so I I think I saw her before. You Jawa or Wookie? Like, uh, I think Jawa. No, I'm thinking Jawa, like the little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That live on. Uh, I forget where Tatooine it is. is it not Tatooine? No. They don't live on Tatooine. What do they live on? Is that green plane with? I'm sure people plane. are freaking out right now listening to us talk like, about this. Like, how do you not know? <laughs> it's this. How do you not know what it is, idiots? But, Sorry, I've only seen Star Wars a billion times. So let's just say she was a little, uh, uh, not blessed. Yeah, with physically or mentally, she got a little touch of the downs. But he found someone who's just like him. I think. Yeah, for sure. I I remember meeting her one time. She was at the softball fields when he was allowed back after f- three or four years. Wasn't she with him even when that happened? 
Yeah, I think or at so. least friends with him, or very short shortly after he was dating her. Right, because I remember meeting her, and I yeah. was just like, "Whoa!" She doesn't talk. Yeah, it's probably at a good, all. probably a good thing. Um, well, when he whatever happened to his brother? Oh, I love um, Evans Day. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in years. Dude, he had the biggest fingers of any human being I I've ever seen. I have not talked to him in years, and I hear he's a little bit off too. Oh, he was always off. He had. Literally, he had fucking giant polar sausages for fingers, but they were like short, stubby. You ever notice how big his fingers were? Yeah, he was, yeah. I was like, he probably has the tiniest dick in the world, but it doesn't even matter because he's just like, listen, choose one of these 10 digits and I will enter you. And we played stickball with these people. Yeah. When we were younger. Not good. I mean, you disassociate yourself with these people when they get older, but when you're kids, it's like, you don't know. I mean, I mean you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did he always have it in him? Probably. Yeah. It's like we didn't know back then. Shit, the internet. Like when we were doing all that shit, the internet wasn't even really a thing yet. No, but I did do my fair share of AOL uh, sex chats. Oh, yeah. Dude, chats were fun. What was that game that you could always kind of do? Slingo. Slingo. I met my first girlfriend on Slingo. Oh, yeah. Slingo. From Minnesota. In Minnesota. <laughs> oh, dude, I remember that. Chelsea? Fucking... Jesus Christ. Oh, what my the fuck God. Is wrong love with you? of my life. Anyways, she. <laughs> Uh, I met my first girlfriend. What if Slingo. let's fast forward twenty years? Let's just say in twenty <laughs> years you two are married, with like a house on a lake. Dude, that'd be wild, wouldn't How it? How weird that would be, Chelsea. If you're out there, was hey, that name Chelsea? I think it was something like that. I don't think it was. I thought it was Chelsea, but I remember we played Slingo and we hit it yeah. off for immediately. Yeah, hit it off. I think I won the first few games. Is Slingo still a thing? It is, and um, you know we got the chatting and uh, right. Finally, we're like, hey, do you want to call each other? Chris is like, you finger yourself. I'm going to jerk off. Now, this, is, this is our Slingo sex time. I'll be, I'll be uh, honest. I was a little bit disingenuous about my personal self. Um, she had explained to me at the like, time. Like, I'm a 6'4 black basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told her. Because I asked her, like, so what do you look like? Because like, I was already into her. I was like, but what Did do you, you ever like? see her? Did, I, don't, I, I don't. thought I saw a photo of her. I'm pretty sure because this I was did. before Facebook. Facebook yeah. wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, I think we shared photos in a chat or something like that. But um, interesting, not an AOL chat. Not like you can right. sh- you can post photos and Slingo. Continue. But um, we were like, "What do you look like?" And she's like, "Well, I've got kind of like dirty blonde hair. It's kind of shorter and a dirty butthole." And I'm like five six, and I'm like woof woof. And then because at the time, why would you say that? Like, how how do you? Because at the time, I had not hit my growth spurt yet. Oh, so she was too tall. She was tall, way taller. I was like five foot, nothing. If I was lucky, I was like five one, maybe five two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, oh fuck. So she's taller than me, and she was a year older than me too. And I told her I was her age. The the best part is that you're conscious about her height, and you were separated by ten hours of driving. Right, like it made a difference. So she, she was. She told me she was like, uh, I think she was said she was like fourteen or thirteen or something like that. I think it was like thirteen, maybe twelve. I knew it was back when I was like first year of like middle school. Anyways, mm. so I was like, oh, shit. So she's like a year older than me. She's fucking taller than me. She's like, so what about you? I was like, well, and my, keep in mind, my AOL handle was Casanova Chris one mm. at AOL.com. We had the best <laughs> fucking AOL messenger handles mom, on earth. Mom, help me with that handle. <laughs> Dude, so, it's so funny and so ridiculous. Like, you look back at it and you're just like, you know what? 
I should bring that back. I totally should. I, I want to bring that Casanova back. Casanova, Chris, one, come back. I'm going to change my actual personal Instagram, which I never use, back to <laughs> what mine traditionally was. Oh, that's so fantastic. So she's like, so what do you look like? I was like, well, I'm 5'7". And I told her I was her age, but I was a year younger. <laughs> and I was like, I got kind of like brownish hair, I guess. I was like, that's I'm when you could catfish skinny. and not get caught. Yeah. I was like, I'm kind of skinny. As, well, I was really skinny. Yeah. Um, I did play football, so I told her like I played football and baseball and whatnot. She's like, oh, cool. She's like, yeah, that's not lying. I was like, we should like chat. We should like talk on the phone. Yeah, I remember you guys and talking on the, the phone. at the time, it cost a little bit more to talk out of state. It did it? It did. Was that one of those things? It did. Interesting. And um, I don't remember that. Yeah, and it showed up on your I'm not like, surprised, though. It sh- yeah, yeah, showed yeah. up on your like, plan. caller list you'd get in right. the mail. Anyway. Jack up the phone and mom goes, what the fuck? So she's like, well, here's my house number. And I was like, okay, I'll call you. And I had you there. Yeah, I remember being part of this. Yes. Was I on another phone like holding the yeah. thing? And she had a friend with her yeah. that was in the background. And we just like chatted and we were like, so, um, yeah, so cool. Like, What do you do? Meeting on Slingo. It's like we didn't have much to talk about. No, of course not, because she's ten hours away. And the only th- the only thing we had in common was Slingo. You had no world views then. No. You know, like you didn't know anything about Minnesota. No. Like so we just kind of like blindly chit chatted with like the awkward like laughs of like, oh, I'm so interested in this. Like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You said remember, that, remember talking to people for hours on end was a thing. Yeah, dude. You have girlfriends in junior high and high school, and it's just like, let's talk for two hours, dude. I remember, God, it was. I think it was even when I first started dating Allie. We were both in high school. I was a senior. And we lived a street away. And I remember talking on the phone yeah. for hours. Yeah. It was like, why in the fuck am I doing it? Why am I talking to someone on the phone for two hours? I'm going to see them the next day. I'm going to give them a ride home. And they live a street over yeah. from me. Yeah. That's a weird thing to think about. No one does that anymore. No, no. one talks that long. You'll text. And that's probably... The simplest form of that kind of communication and also yeah. preferable. How weird is that? I know. And it's like, you know, oh, that's, so, it's really trippy. So I talked to her and fi- finally it was just like, it's like, I think we should like start seeing each other. And like every time we got on Slingo, that was like us having a date. Yeah. It's so strange. <laughs> but yeah, I totally feel, and that's kind of where it ended. We broke up uh, a few weeks later, um, <laughs> found out that, uh, she cheated on you with another Slingo star? No, remember I couldn't get into her uh, accent. Her Minnesota. Oh, she, you remember oh, that? She, oh she was full-blown Minnesota. Yeah, she had that, and I was like, I can't get into that. Oh, she's like, Chris, I was really good to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so funny talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Minnesota and Canadian. I, I, but I'll tell you this right now. You can say what you, can, say what you want about the accent, and when you hear it, like over the phone, you can't see someone in person. Your first initial reaction is like, oh. <laughs> but if you see a beautiful girl oh, with sure. that Nordic accent, like in like northern Michigan, actually most parts of Michigan, Wisconsin, the Dakotas or Minnesota, and yeah. they're gorgeous. Yeah. Dude, those two things go together like bread and butter. Maybe. Man. It's, I it's feel awesome. like I'd have to wear headphones during sex to be like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You hit the pleasure oh, spot right yeah. there. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you're really getting me. Oh, oh, oh. But I totally feel you on the long talks, man. I can't tell you how many times we talk on the phone. Too many times. With girlfriends. And it's you ridiculous. F- you fall asleep on the phone. Oh, I've had it happen so many times. You it, fall asleep. It's like, I just want to fall asleep knowing that you're on the other line. I'm like, okay. 
How weird is that? How weird are hormones? That's crazy. How fucking weird are hormones? Oh, man. God, I remember being a constant hard my entire freshman Dude. year. Yeah. I remember, there's this time, I remember, and we'll, we'll get to a break in a second because we got other <laughs> shit to do, but I remember, this is no joke. So, I, you remember, so like when I was a freshman in high school, I was real short. I was real, I was, actually, maybe this was a sophomore. I was really short, but hair on my legs started growing. Yeah. And I'm a hairy motherfucker. And my hair was just like, looked like a bush on these short little stubby legs. I started getting my thighs. I remember when I started getting hair on my ass was like the weirdest fucking thing ever. I was like, what is this? Now it's just so normal. But I literally freaked out. I was like, what is going on here? What's it? Why is there hair on my taint? Um, Dude, yes. The chode, that was the most surprising hair I found. What? (laughs) It's really, it's really insane. Anyway, so I remember being in math class, which is like, uh, first period at the time freshman or sophomore year yeah. and remember how we used to dress real ridiculously i had these like bright red pants i'd wear with i suspenders. wore green and i had right. a monkey shirt a black monkey shirt yeah it's so weird with we, bracelets we are so dumb uh jesus christ what the fuck were we doing back then anyway uh i remember having those pants on with my baller ass suspenders oh, i remember yeah. sitting in math class and the class was ending and i was rock solid yeah rock solid now here's the thing I'm white guy, but I'm more like a Congo white guy, even as freshman. A South, um, South African white guy? So it looked like a tiny baby arm <laughs> <laughs> poking through my pants. And dude, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what do I do? That's when I discovered the waistband trick. You put it up in your waistband, yeah. right? You go from six to midnight, pop that sucker up in your waistband, pull your shirt over boom you can start walking do you know because I'm, I'm like i'm gonna have to sit here for 10 minutes i'm literally the whole thing going through my head was what if somebody sees what if one of these really cute ass girls and my class sees that's number one number two is like how am i gonna get out of here into my next class i'm gonna be tardy and what kind of explanation am i gonna give yeah sorry i was fully fucking erect miss that was my biggest fear in gym class too oh boner in gym class i don't know when i'm in sporting activities i, I never really get what. hard I feel you on hiding it. I used to do the the six to midnight trick as well. Yeah, um, you just pin the head against your 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 belt band. Yeah, right where the belt's at, and just smash. Um, you just smash, smash that. And just make sure your shirt's all the way down because you don't want that little turtle popping up over the edge. Of your <laughs> Could jeans. you imagine it peeking over like a gopher <laughs> out of a hole? That, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> so you got to be you got to really hike up those jeans. Yeah. Anyways, but I used to also. Well, this is also works. You shove a bunch of those fat fucking thick sharpie markers in your pockets on both sides and it just looks like you have a row of markers <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ all right well <laughs> that's where we got to move on um we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back at you guys in just a second so ridiculous uh all right hey cool we're back hey and we're back with another review how cool is that it's been four years it's been a while it's a long break yeah it was glad to be back mm-hmm. a little grayer a little slower balls are a little droopier <laughs> but we're still doing still doing the thing i have uh, to wear a bra for my balls brawls bro uh, I guess you call them brawls. I guess you call them brawls. But brawls. you would spell it differently. Yeah. Yeah, B-R-A-L-L-L-L-S. Brawls. brawls. <laughs> oh, dude. Why have they not made that? I think we're onto something. Why is that, why is that not a thing? 
so we are doing another cigar review, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, so we did the Mambacho Terra Volcan last week. This week, we are doing another iteration of a Mambacho cigar, but it is actually technically... Its own brand. Yes, correct. Made at the factory, but it's its own brand. And that, we are breaking down the Patina Habano. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm excited about this one for a couple of reasons. Uh, I, I think the first time I smoked one of the Habanos was... I'm going to say four or five months ago. Yeah. And I was intrigued by it from the beginning. Of course, it was another one of those ones that kind of got the hype. And I was like, you know what? I'm really digging the Habano wrappers lately. Um, I actually go and seek out stuff that has either Habano seed or has just a nice, really, I mean, Habano wrappers look legit. They look beautiful. They do. And I've just been looking for something that I don't want to say Cuban-esque because I'm not looking for a Cuban cigar, but I'm looking for something that really does have a complexity of Habano in it versus just, you know, the standard Nicaraguan that we've been smoking. Yeah, sure. And I want to call it standard, but the the lot the lots of Nicaraguan yeah, cigars, yeah. traditional Nicaraguan cigars that we've been smoking. So I was intrigued by this cigar from the beginning. Uh, I smoked it a few times and decided, hey... This is a good time to review this cigar. It's a good time to put it out there because I think it's deserving to, to get out there. Bad or good? Bad or gonna, good? We're going to put it out there. Bad or good? Bad or good? I mean, I... Sm- that batter? He good. I mean, you know, I got to hand it to these boys at this factory. Quality cigars as far as construction, but let's see if this actually tastes good, bro. Yeah, it may it may be shit, maybe complete shit. Um, so let's get into it, Chris. How do we break these down? Man, each cigar is viewed as. Uh, let me restart. <laughs> each cigar review is based on our six point rating scale and broken down into three main categories: construction, burn, and taste. We then see if the cigar is worth the price for possible bonus or penalty points. Then finally, we average out our individual scores, giving you guys our total cigar rating out of six. Hell yeah. Six points. Six. It's brand, bro. Seven minute abs. <laughs> or was it, what is that? What is that what it is from uh, no. something about Barry? He's like, no. And he's like, well, what if someone comes out with six minutes? He's like, six minutes? <laughs> he's like, you can't even, <laughs> you can't even break a sweat in six minutes. Seven. No, seven. Seven is the magic number. <laughs> Step into my office. Why? Because you're, you're fucking, fucking fired. fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So what's uh, what's in the, what's in this bad boy? Man, what's it this, comprised of? Man, this mambacho, bro, made at the factories. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan and Pennsylvanian fillers. Cool. And we had this in the Robusto 5 by 52 And it comes at a price point of $9. Whoa. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is bacho, nine dollars. God damn. Which which we'll decide is favorable or not favorable towards the end of the review. Um, the cool thing about this cigar, we we've already mentioned that it's um that it's made at the Mambacho factory, and that is because the guy who actually is in charge of the cigar and is under his brand is Mo. Yeah. And Mo is uh, Mambacho's national sales manager. Yep. Um, I have been going back and forth with Mo for shit months now. Um, and, uh, dare I say, we're probably gonna have him on the podcast soon. And when I say soon, really soon. And I'm excited to have him on because he actually does his own thing. Mo money, mo cigars. (sighs) Which equals mo problems. Mo problems. Um, yeah. 
for sure. Cigar yeah, we're gonna keep doing that take on Mo, which I'm sure he's heard a billion times. <laughs> Probably. Sorry about it. You continue to deal with it, but yeah, I'm excited to have him on because he's not unfamiliar with podcasts, which is pretty cool. So, um, I think that'll be sweet, and hopefully, we can get him on next week, and then we can have an even broader and deeper discussion about the patina lineup and what's to come in the future and so on. So I just wanted to put that out there right before we review the cigar, but let's actually get into this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Construction. Well, I, you know what? Let's change it up. You know, I usually start off and I'm, I come at it very eloquently with a lot of analogies, but I am curious as someone who's Wait, you, had this. You come at it eloquently? Uh, you continue to make up words that aren't words. But it makes me sound really intelligent. And if I probably did it in an English accent, it would be even better. But I do. <laughs> That's know. fair. Anyways, but I'm curious, since you've had this a yeah, handful of times, mm-hmm. or at least someone who's only got three fingers because they lost their fingers in the war, uh, what do you think about this cigar? After having three, what do you think as far as construction? Um, well, here's, here's what I love. And we only review one each, right? right? So I, I can't factor in the other ones that I had technically into the review. But what I will say is that what I, what I appreciate about this cigar is the consistency, even in the three that I've smoked. So the two previous to the one that we're reviewing now were all amazing. And I, there's something about the color on that Habano. Dude, so this cigar great. is also made with a Connecticut wrapper, which I don't like as much in terms of overall appearance. And maybe that's just because Connecticut is kind of dull, bland, boring. It's a Whatever. Boring, boring I'm not state. saying it's a bad cigar. What I'm saying is, is when I look at the cigar itself aesthetically, yeah, it looks beautiful. And there's something about that fucking Habana wrapper that looks so good on this cigar. It's kind of like a golden brown. Yeah, it's weird, and it, and it it has a sheen to it, which is really sweet. Yeah, it's it like a, the oils are starting to produce in it. Right. It's yeah. got a nice sheen. I don't know if it. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say it's Martin or Charlie, but. It's it's got a good sheen to it, it's kind of which like, I appreciate. It's kind of like a satin finish at a Lowe's paint store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's satin finish, right? What you would probably paint your moldings with, right? Um, very cool. And as a matter of fact, and this is kind of irrelevant to the construction conversation, there's something about the band I like too because it has that turquoise and copper on it. I know. I that love it. That look is so fucking it's a cool. Nice look. I with don't the, know with why. The light backdrop. Because I shouldn't like it. It's not crazy, but I love the cursive and I love that copper and that teal. It just, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's classy. Like the, the whole thing works together. It has a very mid centuries vibe to it. It has that and it's also incredibly recognizable. I don't know what it is about it, but like when you see the cigars, either like people taking pictures on Instagram or you see them on websites, it is, it kind of stands out. It is a recognizable cigar because I think they're just, whether you want to say the band's beautiful or not beautiful, it stands out against, you know, other stuff for whatever reason, it it, it stands out by itself. So um, I do appreciate it. But the construction for me overall was amazing. It's actually probably one of the better construction scores I've given in quite some time because it literally was flawless. Now, the patina guys, I had posted that I was reviewing the Connecticut and I also reviewed this Habano yeah. last night in this frigid weather. Right. And he, they they mentioned you're like, "Oh my god, I hope it's good." Yeah. You know, way to like stick it out in the cold. Don't worry about that's that. That's most livelihood. <laughs> I am. That's. I'm used to that type of shit. Yeah. I'm used to smoking in the cold, and I just Chris puts him through the ringer. Yep, I do. And um, you know, so coming into this, I I have to agree. After having now two in back to back days, the construction is as close to perfect as you could get. 
Um, there's a lot of time and attention to it. And especially we're dealing with slightly thinner wrappers, mm, especially the Connecticut one. But this one, I think we're dealing with slightly thinner wrappers. But, dude, it just, uh, it just felt good, firm, like a, like a 16-year-old girl, firm, as Emmy Tay would say. And, <laughs> dude, it just, it is. I mean, it, if you're not building a quality constructed cigar in today's industry, you are going to fail immediately. Yeah, I agree. I it's, agree. it's almost like we you, shouldn't you, you review construction because it should be a guaranteed thing. Right. It's almost time. like it's almost like emissions checks. Well, right. we shouldn't be having we shouldn't have emissions checks because they should already produce be produced right. from the factory with certain standards. Right. And I and if you're not meeting this standard, and they, I think uh, Patina does it very well. Uh, if you're not meeting the standard, you don't deserve to have a cigar built for you. Yeah, suck it. You better be. <laughs> you better be passing the 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 construction tests. Enter the standards tests. Enter Cheers Track. Wonderful construction. <laughs> Hands down, one of the top ones. I really should have a track on deck all the time for applause, but eh, I don't. we can do a soundboard later. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, what did you think about the burn? Now. This is where these frigid Ohio temperatures have a part to play in this little play yeah, of that ours. Can fuck you up for sure. This is where it gets tricky. It's like, well, why would you want to smoke outside? It's because most of us in the Midwest have to smoke outside, Soko. We got to. We got family inside. They don't want us to, you know, uh, yellow up our white walls. Leave that stink in there for at least a week. They do make kills paint, so technically you don't have That's to. true. But anyways, so. Yeah, I'm with you, though. How are these babies, well, I should say, how is the Habano burning in this frigid Ohio air? At first, toast the foot. Take a few draws, a nice bright orange ember. As it lights up the front porch out in that cold, dark, frigid air. I'll tell you what, bro. From the beginning, it burned evenly. No issues. Even with the slight wind I had coming from the west, this thing held true. Held true. Right. When I got to that burn test, I mean, this is a Robusto, so I think it's fair to do the whole test about the halfway point. I get to the halfway point, I take a quick, quick draw from it, and I say, hey, Google, start a timer for five minutes. She's like, okay, starting now. Five minutes go by. I'm just skimming the Instagrams. Put it back in my mouth. Smoke. We have reignition. And it was great. And it never went out. Not a once. Was this reignition hot and fresh out the kitchen? Sorry, I made an R. <laughs> Kelly reference. Oh, Boom! Got it. You did. Woo. There's one. Should have made that a drinking never game. Never had an issue with the <laughs> consistency or the hold. Draw was, I would say, adequate. It was slightly above average. Not crazy. Right. Not tight. Not overly airy. Just right in the middle. And not, not too toit. Not too toit. As Goldmember would say, <laughs> um, it was it was a nice it was a nice draw, pretty right. effortlessly. Didn't produce huge volumes of smoke, but one that would be very complimentary to most cigars you would smoke in the industry. Honestly, probably very similar to you in terms of burn. Um, there was nothing. It wasn't like there was giant poops. There there was nothing about it that like stood out to me or was just like wow, I have to aggressively give this a good score. 
but there was nothing where I was like, you know what, this is not in terms of value and burn. Like this is this is subpar. It wasn't that either. No, no, no. It was just right where I would expect one of these cigars to be. Um, No, nothing challenging about it at all. Pass the draw test. Passed, you know, the whold test. It passed everything. It just wasn't any. There was nothing in there that I was just like where it grabbed my attention. I'm like, man, no defects. Oh shit, no defects, no flaws. But also nothing that like super surprised me where I was like, oh yeah, this needs a you know an increase in points due to this particular thing being outrageously awesome. You're fit. You're an athlete. You work out. Yeah. You're above the average human being in the U.S. Right. But you're not necessarily at the NFL level. Right. You're not Usain Bolt. That type of conditioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So th- that's all I have to say about the burn. It was it, it better than adequate. It's just exactly what I would expect. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was very pleased. Very pleased. So this is where perhaps the, the most intriguing piece of this cigar comes. Um, and I think a lot of this is in terms of, I think really what people have loved about the cigar since it's come out is the flavor. But there are things that aren't for everybody. So that's sure. really what I wanted to know about this cigar when I first started smoking is that, is this something I would appreciate? Yeah. Or is this just one of those really kind of niche things that like, if you really like this particular flavor, flavor profile, you're going to be the one that is really attracted to this. But then there may be 60% of the smokers out there that could take it or leave it, right? Yeah. So where does that fall categorically? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what did you think about the flavor overall? Flavor. Nicaraguan Pennsylvanian fillers. Mm-hmm. Nicaraguan binder. Well, you have to imagine there's got to be some semblance of spice in this cigar, and it does not disappoint. You got a kind of a medium spice cigar. Mm-hmm. A lot of bitterness and tanginess up front. That's what I experienced. Pretty evenly throughout. At the end, it did get it did get a little small change up right at the end, and it was nice. It got a little bit more bittery, more tangy. And the medium spice kind of held strong. It was, it was quality. It was quality. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm starting to kind of be able to kind of differentiate when a Pennsylvanian filler is introduced into the mix. We've had a lot with a Pennsylvanian filler right. in the last six months. I'm starting to notice some of those same notes. And I was like curious, like, okay, if it's bitter and tangy and got the medium spice, how did my other Pennsylvanians go that have a similar profile? Pretty comparable. Pretty comparable. Yeah. I think what does this one amazing is that Ecuadorian Habano. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that particular wrapper, but holy shit balls, the little bit of oils you have on it. It's a nice kind of bitter tanginess to it. And with that Pennsylvanian Nicaraguan fillers, it is a glorious flavor. Yeah. Distinction. Fantastic. Likeness. Way up there for me. I'm a Nicaraguan lover. And balance. I think this is a very well balanced cigar. It's a consistent cigar. Not a crazy roller coaster ride. Right. But pretty damn consistent. Yeah, that's... um. I agree with that. Remember how we were talking about the uh, the Mambacho that we smoked last week that had, we talked about like the little yeah, roller coaster yeah. hills. It gave you a change up every single time, even in such a short Vitola. Yeah. What I really liked about this cigar and this cigar, and I think this is the difference between 
what I really admire and like about the Habana versus the Connecticut is that that wrapper, I think, made all the difference in the blend. And I think what that wrapper did, because I think the, the blend itself is good, but is enhanced by that, that, the Habana wrapper, I think that's what gives you that perfect flavor. There's no change-ups in the cigar. But what you get is so good, and when you latch onto something that you really like, that's really good, you want it to stay there. Yeah. And that's how I felt about this cigar. Is like, if this flavor fluctuates or changes, I don't know how much I'm going to like that. Which is, which is directly related to the Connecticut, in my opinion, which I don't like as much as I like the Habano. So one component change has the difference between a decent cigar versus this cigar is phenomenal and all five inches that you smoke of it is going to be amazingly delicious listen when you're with a attractive lady and you get the touchy feely with her and you start progressing on you're like about to have sex and you decide to uh give her a little hand action and her anally no oh. <laughs> and, he, and and she goes oh right there what you've found <laughs> is the g-spot Right, you found the that's G where spot. it's at, and you hold it there, just up, just in and up. That's weird because I've always been putting my thumb in the anus, oh, thinking no. that's where the G that's, spot was. No. Because everybody said it was hidden, and I was like, "No, it's not. It's right in the anal cavity." No, just it's still through the front doors. Don't go in the back doors. Oh well, I've been doing it all wrong. But when you find that spot, you want to keep it there for her because that's where she's going to get the most pleasure out of it. Right. With this cigar, I think once you found that spot of what you liked about it, it hit my P spot, bro. It hit my P spot. And I'll tell you what the P spot is. It's my palate spot. (laughs) (laughs) And it stayed there the whole time. It didn't deviate away from it. I was like, ooh, I like that. Keep that going. Right. And the whole time it stayed in that spot for me. Until the last moment where I was just like, ooh. And I just, the cold chills down my spine. If you come like that, we have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And those cold chills as I toss it into the dirt back where from whence it came, I was just at ease. I was calm. I was happy with the way the night went. Hell yeah, man. Hit Hit my P spot. I dig it. So the ultimate question is, and I, well, I guess before we get to the ultimate question is, what did you think from a pricing perspective? Is this deserving of the nine nine fifty that you're going to pay for this on average? Is it does it exceed your expectation as far as value, or does it is it underwhelming as far as value? I will always question a nine dollar robusto. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care what the brand is. I will always question whether or not a robusto is worth nine dollars. Yeah, that's just how I am. Because I've had a lot of good stuff. It seems like the $9 price range for Robusto now, though, is like middle of the... It seems like that's becoming the average. It's kind of become the average, right? But I'm so used to smoking Robustos in the 7 or $8 stick, right? Yeah, that's true. But a dollar's not a huge difference. Don't get me wrong. But it kind of is. But it, I mean, yeah. you think about it. If you're paying 6 the difference between $6 on a cigar and $8 cigar is enormous. Think about that. Think from a discount perspective, how much that is. Was that? It's over twenty five percent off. Yeah, or over twenty percent off. That's a that's a that's a pretty big chunk. So yeah, I mean, even a dollar fluctuation makes all the difference. Now you're paying twenty dollars for a cigar versus twenty one. Then it's It's that gap is not as right. Yeah, the the curve on the price point. Yeah, is is not as drastic at that point. Um, what what would you think based on me uh talking about my P spot? 
and the construction and that we both experienced. What what do you think my price would be? What do you think? I I honestly think that you would reasonably think you would want to give this a bonus, but I don't think you did. I I'm because I think you're going to be like me on this one and saying that you think it's fairly priced, but it's definitely one of those ones that in that fair price range you'd pay for all the time. Oh, brother, brother for the 31 years you've known me. You know me so well. Was that right? Yeah. Dead on. Nope, no bonus. Right. Definitely no penalty here. I think yeah. this is a great price for this cigar, and I think you'll know why once we give you our total scores on this. Right. Yeah. So the question now becomes, what is your final score? My final score for the Patina Habano, from the Patina brand, made from the Bombacho factory, is a 5.53 rating out of 6, which for me is a 92.2%. Dang. That's wild. That's wild. That's a great score. Would you like to know my score? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have to for the rating. My score ended up coming at a 5.57 at a 92.8%. Oh, shit? Mm Mm-hmm. So, that gives us a total combined score of 5.55 and a score of 92.5. Holy shit. FM. (laughs) <laughs> it does sound that's, like a radio station that's an incredible score so i mean i think all things relative here in terms of stuff that we've smoked as of recent um things that we've had i would say from a flavor perspective this is definitely one of my favorites it's that very we've had good. in a long time it's like this, very good this is a cigar that and and i'm I, you know what i hope about cigars like these and, and the mambacha brand as a, as a whole but specifically the patina brand like you know he's got a couple different vitolas and variances and wrapper types this cigar is one that I don't think is overwhelming for a store to bring on and to be able to sell through quickly as long as they're making fruitful recommendations to people. Because I think you can really fall in love with this cigar no matter who you are. No yeah. matter what kind of smoker you are, to pay $9.950 for this cigar is not an overstretch. It's not an overreach. And I think this is one that when people find it and they smoke it, they're going to continue smoking it. I'm not saying people are going to go out and buy them by the fucking box. But what I'm saying is, is that if you see it somewhere, you're gonna, it's, it's going to remind you of that first initial, fuck, I really like this. And you're going to consistently come back to this cigar. That's how I think about it. It's why I've smoked as much as I have. And I continue buying them. I mean, every time I fucking post, Mo always hits me up. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Um, and it's, it's not like, it's like, hey man, I fucking love this cigar, so I'm just I'm gonna keep smoking it. I'm gonna keep smoking it until I'm tired of it, and then I'll let you know when I'm tired of it because you won't see any pictures anymore. I mean, I'll be moving on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, I think I think people could really latch onto this. I, I think it would be fair for some B and M, better B and M representation as far as the cigar. And I know Mo's doing what he has to do to go out and sell this cigar and the Mombacha line as a whole. I think categorically between both of those. They've got some. They've got a bunch of compelling reasons in terms of cigars that they manufacture why these should be in B and M stores. And that's just my opinion. I think. I think between what we had last week and the Mambacha branded cigar, which was fantastic, and what we get out of this Patina cigar, it's like, dude, you can't go wrong. You know, get the fuck on board. Yeah, these are great. The balance on it. When it came to the balance of the cigar, the wrapper made up the difference. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I could not agree more. Actually, I think the wrapper made for me made all the difference in terms yeah. of 
good to great. Yeah, really. exactly. So, I mean, this is a cigar that you can have for any occasion. This is definitely an any occasion cigar. And I think anybody minus the Nicaraguan, which don't be trepid about the fact that you may think the cigar is not have, that heavy. It's really not super spicy. It's not heavy. I think it's, I think it's perfect for anybody who wants to smoke. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is not a heavy cigar. Uh, nicotine levels were not crazy at all. I mean, I think even a, be- a beginning smoker could smoke this and, f- and feel okay with smoking it. I don't know right. if you'd appreciate the flavors in it, right. but you would definitely be able to smoke yeah, this you and have be, an enjoyable yeah, time. Yeah, you wouldn't be turned off by it, no. that's for sure. Yeah. So, okay. okay. Cool. Clap track. Clap Cheers. track. Just a quick like. Yeah, exactly. Like the TV show. Like yeah, we, audience. We, we definitely need a clap track for sure. We need a couple tracks. Just some random shit we can throw in. But... But, uh, you know, hats off to Patina, hats off to Mo and, and Mibancha. This, this cigar fucking, it's the shit, man. Yeah. It really is. I'd like to see it in more stores, for sure. Yeah. Um, that being said, awesome review. We're going to take a quick break, and I think we have some more listener questions and chats. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. We'll be back at you in a second. All right, and we're back. And what does that mean, Chris? What does it mean when we come back from review? What does it mean? It's time for that segment. Give me one hot minute where we answer your questions and shout outs. Oh, hell yeah. We definitely have some to go over. Yeah, absolutely. This first one comes out to us from Kyle Fitzpatrick. If you could go back in time to watch uh, when you were about to smoke your first cigar or when you first decided to podcast, what piece of advice would you give yourself now? Uh, uh, I don't know that I'd ever want to change the path of the inception of myself smoking cigars. Um, it was a very controlled growth, so I don't necessarily feel like we I, got I think overwhelmed. We kinda, I think we kind of did it the way most people do it. It's, it's really not that different as far as like the first one. Yeah. What I, I guess what I would tell myself because I went a little bit of a hiatus for a while after I smoked my first one because the experience for the most part, for most people, isn't, you kind of question, it's the same thing as like, if you were to start drinking, and the first beer you ever had was an IPA, like a very rich, maybe like a double or triple, yeah. you're probably not, you're probably going to be a little off. turned off by it, right? Yeah. There's there's not an appreciation yet, there's not that development into some really good craft beers. It's no different than cigars, I think, a little bit, where just understand that that first experience is probably not going to be the same as the 50th. The 50th is probably going to be more enjoyable than something that you latch onto a little bit more. That first one, it's almost like the first time I feel like girls have sex and it hurts like a motherfucker. It's not great, just, but you'll always remember you're it. You're just tearing them apart <laughs> and you're popping, you're popping cherries left and right. Fucking Betty Crocker just popping cherries. I think it's, some, I think it's similar to that where it's like, yeah, make it past the first, start to get a little bit more comfortable, loosen it up metaphorically and yeah. physically. Um, I, I think, uh, for me, it's mostly more of the, you know, just kind of hold on to it and just understand that the first time probably not going to be the best time, but continue to develop and refine and all that. And you'll be good. Yeah. If I could have told myself something. I would agree with that. I think the, uh, other advice, I think one of the advice I'd give myself was, uh, just stay, just be consistent and stick with it. Right. Yeah, Which yeah. is something I usually do anyway. Yeah, I'm the same way. But when it comes to growth, I think we're so apt to be impatient 
with expecting a certain outcome in a very short period of time. But I think with most things we do in life, it takes a considerable amount of consistency right. and effort. Yeah, so that directly translates into the podcast question. Really, the only thing that I would do differently in terms of the podcast, just not knowing and did as much research as I could before we started producing everything. And actually, I'm glad because, and I got to make a mention, so Denny has his new podcast out yeah, now, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm most of the way through the first episode. I fell asleep last night, so I cut it off just so I didn't like keep running it. Um, but one of the things, him and I had about an hour-long conversation a couple weeks ago and he was just looking for some advice. So I talked to him and one of the things I said was, you know, instead of coming out with one episode, come out with three, give people content to chew on and don't give them a delay because that first one inevitably is going to be awkward. It's going to be weird because you've never done it before. And if you don't have like a background really speaking to people, like in terms of like the background that I have, mm -hmm. or you don't have yet the chemistry and dialogue between the couple people who may be on the podcast, you got to give time for that to develop and, and create some chemistry there. So I said, produce three podcasts before you launch, which he did. And you'll see a noticeable progression from one to the third as to not turn people off waiting a week in between like, hey, I'm deciding based on this one podcast whether or not I'm ever going to listen to it again. Well, the understanding is it's the first one. This is like watching a pilot on, you know, a pilot TV show, right? You got to give time for things to develop and to work out the kinks and all sure. that stuff. So if I were to go back in time, that's one thing I definitely would have told myself was don't release one, release a couple, you know, from the get go. I don't think it's been detrimental to what we've done by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but again, that directly translates specifically what I wanted to mention was to what you're saying about the consistency in a cigar. It's no different than the podcast. We don't have to tell ourselves those things. I don't have to go back in time and say, be consistent. We decided that's what we were going to do up front. And here we are, episode 83. Yeah. The, consist the consistency is there and it's not going anywhere. And we've ironed out the wrinkles and we have a good platform for the things that we do. So mm -hmm. there's only maybe a few things from a podcast perspective where I'd be like, do this differently but we did a lot of research up front before we launched to say, oh by the way uh don't use fucking podomatic fucking jesus christ i would have definitely fucking started on a different oh, platform shit. yeah yeah that would have been one thing yeah nah <laughs> just nah i'm not worried about them listening to this either so i hope they don't pull my fucking podcast but jesus christ it's it's been nothing but a nightmare and, and headache since i've i've literally started dealing with them so um, you know, research your podcast platforms. There's certain things I would applaud myself. Yeah. Like the brand. As yeah. Holistically. Sure. Yeah. Is been. People know it. Yeah. It's been very effective. Like the whole the, branding strategy and, and everything. The, around the, the graphics. Like we always get complimented from the graphics and that's all Chris. Like that's all produced by him. And everybody loves the poster style graphics. Like that's one thing is like we were, we've been very intentional, even though there's things that are evolutionary in what we do. It's yeah. like, we didn't just go into it really like, you know, uh, we have, we have no basis for or foundation for what we want to do. Let's see how it works. It's like, everything's pretty intentional and it's been an intentional evolution ever since. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really have anything that I'd go back other than those couple things, but you know, I'd, I'd say this as I get for anybody who's looking to start a podcast since I actually had this conversation with Denny. Yeah. Do your research. This is like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure where they're about to get into the booth and then Bill and Ted from the future come down. And yeah. Just give like some sage words of advice. Like, yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah, for sure.
That's what I would tell myself. Uh-huh. Uh, this next one comes out to us from Bo Rude, which I fucking love that name that for some reason. dope fucking name. Uh, how about a top three cigars from each of your top three favorite brands? Not necessarily everyday go-to mm. cigars, but ones you won't pass by. Mm. Um, I mean, we definitely have favorite <laughs> brands, and I would say we definitely have mm. multiple ones under those brands. Mm. I would say maybe as like a side content thing on the site when it comes out. I think that would be fine. Uh, but that's going to be always an evolving thing, too. Mine changes too often. It, it does. It's, I have two. That I, 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 well, I feel like I have two right now that haven't really fluctu- fluctuated or changed in the recent six months. And I've smoked some really good shit. I think for me, if I, if I had to choose two top favorite brands would be Crown Heads and Roma Craft. Mm-hmm. And for a couple different reasons. One, I am just giddy about the Cro-Magnum blend. Fanboys about both brands. So, so that Mode 5 is just, that is a cigar that I can always go to. I can always count on. It's always consistent. It's always delicious. No matter what time of day, it doesn't fucking matter. Good mood, bad mood, other. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but really, the best cigar that I feel like I've had this year that has created a lot of consistency and then I fall in love with over and over and over again is the 2018 Mule Kick. Um, so the special edition release of the, the four kicks, um, that is one of my all time favorites. And it's one that specifically this year I've fallen in love with. I also, and the reason I'll put crown heads in there, or I only pick two manufacturers is because the court reserve has also quickly become one of my favorite cigars of 2018. So I've had the court reserve four times now and every single time to me, it gets better. Like, I fucking love that cigar. And it's weird because the launch was a little goofy because it was like, here's the 2018 Las Calaveras, which I really like. And it's like, oh, and then here's the Court Reserve. You know, I feel like the launch, the what, I mean, even industry-wide and, of course, what Crown Heads put out there, it was like Las Calaveras, Las Calaveras. Everyone was looking forward to it, which they should be. But then it was like, and then also there's this Court Reserve, which was a little bit hidden. But in my opinion, the Court Reserve's better. I love that fucking cigar. So right now, it's probably those three cigars specifically that I'm really, really enjoying. But it's because I smoke them pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. There's definitely other shit out there I'm looking to explore. That's why I think that three will start interchanging for sure. Like this Patina cigar, there's another cigar that's on my list. And the reason I'm not mentioning it right now is because I want to actually get it on the review. It's one that I gave you last week. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name, but we definitely have to review it. That is a cigar from a category perspective that I would typically never say I would enjoy. Like looking at it, it'd be like, there's not, I have no interest in that particular cigar. Hmm. Blah. That cigar, which I'm not going to name at this particular time is definitely one of the best cigars I've ever had. I, okay. So I'm excited for that, dude. It, I'm not kidding you. It's so fucking good and I'm not going to name it, but it's going to be coming up on a, on a podcast soon is so good yeah like outrageously delicious that that one is definitely circulating into the top for me to the point where i'm like i i almost clicked the buy now button on a box of them the other day but i i I hesitated because i knew i had to pay eight hundred dollars for car insurance and the the fucking roof which cost me 500 so (laughs) i was like i probably just shouldn't do this right now um but yeah my i think my three brands right now is crown heads roma craft and lfd um, oh yeah it's tough to dispute lfd um, it's too good but they always sometimes change within the brands but i've always been fanboys of lost calaveras line 
I've always, huh, that fucking La Carême or La Carême in a Bellicoso, yeah, the one that he La just got the, they got the award for. The Bellicoso is by far that the best. That fucker is good. Yeah, I have three of those left because they're special edition. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you're never going to re-release them or do another iteration of, but I'm like, I'm fucking holding that on to these. That thing is amazing. Yeah, they're, those, those cigars are really um, amazing. And I'm, I've also, I think I may have put Tatuaje in there as favorite. Tatuaje is good, man. They're it's real de- good. Definitely inching up for me. Um, it, it's tough, dude. I could put so many I know. in there. And, you know, Roma Craft, I'm a Fomorian fanboy. Fomorian, the Crow Magnum blend. Right. Um, I really like the Wonderlust. I know it's very hard for a U.S. citizen to get a, their hands on. It's getting easier. But I love that Wonderlust. Right. And then it's kind of a toss up between another Crow Magnum blend or the Intemperance line. Uh, the Intemperance BA yeah. uh, 21 that Skip sent, sent us. Yeah. It's a good cigar. That little fucker was delicious. <laughs> yeah. That's a great cigar. Yeah. I like the little Vitola too. Yeah. And then I think LFD, it's kind of self explanatory. I think the biggies for me is the Andalusian Bull, um, the Lenox, the Lavacada. You have the camera, the traditional Cameroon. I have a TAA LFD that I'm yeah. excited to try finally. But yeah, we could go, we could go on for hours. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I think they're always constant. That 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 category is going to evolve and change over time because there, there's some there's some brands out there that I've smoked recently where I'm like it could easily interchange any one of them. Oh yeah. So uh, this next question. one comes out to us from Philip Williams. People who do cigar reviews, are they ever able to smoke a cigar for enjoyment and not evaluation? Asking uh, for a friend. So that's a you know it's weird because it's actually a good question, and the reason I say that is because. I've always tried to create a balance in what I smoke. There's times where I just want to smoke and not have to worry about things. Same. The pro- Here's the problem with 2019 is that we both are trying to make a concerted effort to smoke that 150 to 160 yeah. for review purposes. And that doesn't leave much time to smoke for enjoyment that I feel like I'm always evaluating. Like even so, I'll give you a for instance. <clears throat> I was in Fort Lauderdale this week, this past week. And I smoked every night. I smoked every, actually I smoked every single night and once during the day at a cigar lounge. I brought, my, I brought some of my stuff with me and I bought some stuff. Yeah. There was only one cigar out of those that I didn't review and it's because we've already reviewed it. That's, so where, it's, that's, it, that's it, where I'm at. It's kind of one of those things where it's like there are times where I don't want to smoke to evaluate, but I've also... You on, don't want to miss the opportunity ex- to review it. Bingo. I'm on a mission. So right. it's like no matter what... And here's the thing. I thought at first that was going to be disrupting to my enjoyment and relaxation, but it's really not because I look forward to doing this so much and I really like writing them. So people will see written content soon. I've written, I don't know how many I've written now. It's an, it's a retarded amount. It just keeps growing. Um, I really like writing them. So it's one of those things where it's now I'm, I derive enjoyment from them. So it's actually kind of cool to smoke, review, write, and produce content because from an experience perspective, it's like, it's nice to just divulge that to other people. Cause there's times where I smoke and I'm like, I want to tell the world, you know, this patina cigar is kind of one of those where it's like, I just want to tell the masses. And I, th- and I think I'm more apt to remember a cigar when I'm focusing on it. Yeah. Like even oh, if agreed. I'm not reviewing, right. I'll, there'll be things I'll just, right. you know, pay, pay notice to, or pay attention to when I'm smoking. Now we are going to go smoke here in a little bit. Yeah. I don't know whether or not I'm going to smoke. If it's something I've already smoked and reviewed. Yeah. I don't give Which a I, fuck. I'll yeah. Yeah. Smoke. Yeah. Which I think I may do. I may pick up something that I want to review or smoke later. Um, may smoke twice today, but I probably smoke something. I got that hundred dollar gift card. We going shopping. Oh shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Gift cards for everybody. Christmas gifts. 
Um, I think that's a fair question. It's a good question. I think anybody who does love this industry always will evaluate in some in some way. But the whether or not it's put down on paper. But the the total like the equation, the equals, right, is always the enjoyment though. You yeah. do it because you love it. Yeah, of course. You do it because you enjoy it. Of so course. that I've always said, and I probably said it last podcast, probably said the one before that. As soon as this becomes daunting and tiring for me, I'll stop doing it. But until then, it's like full steam ahead. So let's do uh, let's do one more. This is also from Philip Williams. This oh, man. T- two fills in the same same Philip Williams. P, P squared. P squared. <laughs> he actually asked a lot of questions actually in here. Um, nice. Well, well, we'll do this one and then we'll end it and then we'll cover the rest of his later. Okay. Smoking down to the nub. Uh-huh. I think I know the answer to this, but why do some cigar smokes, uh, why are they hotter further down and some don't? Uh, okay. I have I an think answer. That's, I, have an, I have several answers. I have several variables, but yeah, you go. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I think based upon the fact that I've I've constructed a cigar (laughs) and just what I know about how, I mean, just the manufacturing process overall is that when fillers are being bunched together, so no different than the head and the foot is that the meat of the fillers and the bunching of the fillers is more dense within the center of the cigar towards the outer edges of the cigar, and it's not always like this. They're, temp- they're typically not as bunched. They're a little bit looser. I think one of the reasons the cigar at the end gets hot is for two reasons. One, the density of the fillers is not what it was in the middle of the cigar. And two, you're introducing a quicker amount of oxygen into the cigar because there's less distance for it to travel. It does cool down if which, it's further away, which, too. Which causes it to get really super heated. So if you think about just... And I'm not a fucking scientist. I'm just trying to inject some logic into this. Yeah. Is that the less, the less room oxygen has to travel, the more oxygen is brought into something that's already heated, something that's already lit. That oxygen super fuck, I mean, super produces heat because now you're blowing at it's a short fuel to the fire. It's fuel to the fire. This is literally what it is. It's fuel to the fire. So cigars, the end traditionally always get hotter. I think for a few reasons is one, there's less density. And there's more oxygen. And it has the smoke, and from where you're drawing, has less space to travel to even cool right. down. I, I think the difference in some cigars not getting superheated at the end is that they are just more dense. It's just letting less oxygen through at the end of the fucking cigar. Yeah. That they're just, there's a, there's a density to the fillers and probably even a thickness to the wrapper that causes it not to get that. that super smoky, um, overly, you know, kind of like weird pungent. Yeah. And I've said, I think I said it on the last podcast. As soon as the cigar gets to a certain point, I'll put it down. If yeah. it gets too hot at an end, at the end, and the flavors are no longer represented what the cigar should be, I'm just going to put it down. I'm done. The experience is over. Now, tip, Philip, my sweet baby boy, who's actually would be my father. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things you can do. And I think a lot of people pick up on this the more they smoke. Maybe some of it's self-evident and common sense, but some people may be like, oh, huh, I didn't know that, so I'll just give you this little piece of advice, even though you might know it. Um, some, uh, some ways you can do it is to retro-draw, which is basically you push air out of your mouth right. and force it out the foot of your cigar versus drawing in. That sometimes will cool the yeah, fillers that'll, that'll down. Yeah, that'll cool it off, yeah. You also can blow on the end 
where the cigar is burning too. So that sometimes helps to kind of cool it off a little bit. It keeps the embers going, but the rest of the air kind of just cools off the rest of the cigar and it gives it time to rest. Um, and the other thing is just don't smoke too fast. Yeah. I think the third is probably the most tried yeah, and true. Just don't smoke that fast. Yeah. You, if you just kind of temper your smoking. And again, some cigars are going to be hotter towards the end. Yes. And they're not going to be as flavorful. And I think that's literally lack of components. And you just put it down. Just be done with it. I mean, there's ones that we call finger burners where it's like, the flavor's still fucking good. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. You don't want to put it down. I'm going to go until I burn my fucking fingers. Yeah. And that's just, to me, it's a, that's just a really good cigar that has really great construction. Yep. And just, it doesn't get those same, you know, that same wonky burn. I think that's it for today. It's a segment. Give me one hot minute. If you've got questions yep. and shout outs, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash the hot ticket cigar faction, where you can be part of our little community of cigar aficionados and novice smokers. A lot of sage advice, a lot of experience, a lot of trading, which is even better. A lot of brands and manufacturers now on that group. It's a Freaking awesome community. It is a private community, so you do have to apply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. This is a good podcast. It's a good wintry day. And snow on the ground. We're definitely going to have some interviews coming up. I'm actually working on a few right now. So hopefully next week, um, and then we'll be back at a review, and then hopefully another week. So we'll stagger maybe weeks and in interviews. I so like that. we got a bunch of stuff coming up. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is episode 83. We'll be back at you next week. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Um, as always, you can find myself on Instagram at the Hot Ticket Pod. You can find Chris on Instagram at Big Six Chris. You can also find us both as main administrators for the Hot Ticket Cigar Faction Facebook group. And as always, if you could subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, that would be awesome. It certainly helps us out. Five stars would be great, and a funny-ass review would be even better. You can also find the podcast on Stitcher and now on Google Play. You're welcome, Android users. Um, again, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We will actually be back at you next week with episode 84. See you, everyone.